Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that lost another one-score game. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who bought his dog a Nebraska jersey. I sure did. That would be me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother who now knows less about Nebraska than his wife. That's that's true. Trey Newman. All right. As always, you can find us on Twitter at CFB Bros, on Instagram at College Football Bros, and on Facebook, facebook.com slash College Football Bros. You can also leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We got eight this past weekend, so let's uh, let's read those very slowly. Ryan, go ahead. Oh, I think... We're not, this is not in the plan here. What are you doing to me? <laughs> no, we're, oh, man. No, we're going to save them for the end. We're going to save them for the end because that's a lot to get to. Uh, let's get what, right into the week two recap. We'll start with a great game, Army losing at Michigan 24-21 in double overtime. Ryan, tell us what happened here. But also, I want to know if you guys are concerned about Michigan going forward. Yeah, Mike, this, this was a great game. I uh, kind of feel for Army. They had another chance to knock off like a top five, top ten type team last year. Oklahoma almost did it. Yeah. And it, it, I feel bad for Kelvin Hopkins because he made the the biggest mistake of the game when uh, Army was driving. It was third and goal, and he just threw a – I don't know what he was looking at, but he just threw a horrible interception at the goal line. If he just throws it away, Army gets a, a field goal there, and they go up ten, and Michigan was struggling to move the ball, so it – they very well could have won that game. Uh, I mean, they still had a chance. They forced overtime and held Michigan to a field goal in double overtime. So they score a touchdown, they win. But as we know, you know, Michigan stepped up on D, forced that Hopkins fumble. So another Hopkins turnover. But man, to answer your question though, Mike, I, I'm not really freaking out if I'm a, a Michigan Michigan fan right now. It's it's concerning that they haven't looked great through their first two games, but. You know, like I mentioned earlier, Army did the same thing to OU last year, and OU went to the playoff. So they get a bye week this coming week, and then they go to Wisconsin the week after that. So that will be a, a very telling game. Yeah, overall, I'm not I'm not doom and gloom here on on Michigan. Army's tough to play against that style. Uh, I'm just if I am concerned, it's that offense. I just the change to Gaddis just really hasn't livened up the offense like we had kind of all thought in the off season. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing about this game is it wasn't really the option that was giving Michigan a bunch of fits. They were just, for the most part, making mistakes offensively. Shea Patterson fumbled twice. He's now, I think, fumbled twice in each game this year. So he needs to play better. The offensive line wasn't getting a good push. They weren't able to run the ball effectively. So I am concerned about Michigan. I am concerned a little bit about the offense. We thought, especially that O-line, we thought that was going to be a real strength. And so far, it it definitely does not look to be. I think they'll get better as the season goes on. That's kind of what happened last year. But but right now, I mean, Ohio State's the clear favorite in the division. I mean, yeah, in the conference. That's what I mean. Yeah. Well, <laughs> obviously. Obvi. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, though, no disrespect to Wisconsin, which we'll get yeah, to. Yeah, true. I mean, hard to look better than they've looked. Yeah. Uh, next game, Florida State narrowly escaped losing as a 23-point favorite against UL Monroe. They won 45-44 in overtime. Trey, tell us what happened here. But my question for this for this game is, I want a prediction as to whether Willie Taggart is going to be Florida State's head coach for game one next year. 
So first of all, as far as the game is concerned, this is a very similar script to the Boise State game last week. Uh, you know, Florida State jumped out to a 24-7 halftime lead. You're feeling good as a Knowles fan. And then the second half came. There, Blackman threw a pick six. They, the following drive, they fumbled. It led to another Monroe touchdown. They kind of exchanged scores. And, and then after a, a mysterious Willie Taggart timeout, they ended up going to overtime. <laughs> let's let's uh, talk about that timeout, because if they had lost that game... Go ahead, yeah. It's, that would have been a disaster. So, okay, so there's it was a tie game with about a minute left. Florida State's got a fourth down, and they're having to punt it away. The clock's running, so of course you want to run as much clock as possible. They could have taken it down to 30 seconds and then given Monroe the ball. Instead, he calls timeout with a minute five left. Just horrible, horrible timeout. I mean, there's like, what, what's going on in the brain there? Well, the other thing is to not own up to it after the game. He oh, yeah. gave some excuse that, oh, I wanted to make sure we had you know, were prepared for the punt. It's like, okay, run the, cl- run the clock for 35 more seconds, then call timeout, and then prepare for the punt. But Yeah, so anyways, they, they, they end up in overtime. FSU gets the ball first. They score a touchdown. Then Monroe answers easily. But they missed the extra point to lose. And, and I was watching this game with the bros and, and Michael campaigned for them to go for two prior to the, the extra point. And I agree. And, yeah. you know, of course they ended up missing that extra point and, and it cost them. Yeah. I never understand why giant underdogs and usually they don't. Usually in that situation, I feel like most giant underdogs would have gone for two there. Because I just I don't see the point of trying to extend the game, hoping you're going to get another chance to win. Like you're a 23 point dog, take your chance to win when they give it to you. So yeah, if you told yourself before the game you have one play, two yards out to score to win, like you take it. Yeah, so for sure. But um, as far as your question, Mike, I'm I'm saying he's not going to be the head coach. I mean, it's just I'm, I can't believe I'm saying that they just look so bad, undisciplined. It's not the nostalgic Florida State that you're used to seeing and. I thought it was going to be a perfect marriage, but it's not looking like it. Yeah, I was definitely very high on the on the hire at first. Well, he, here's a quote, though, from Matt Baker from the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Times. He says, barring, quote, barring scandal or a 1-11 debacle, it's hard to see FSU firing Taggart for many reasons, including the $17 million he'll be owed from a program that's hurting for cash, end quote. But... I don't know about that. I think if he goes four and eight or like three and nine, they're finding the money, right? I, I just don't see how you could keep him. Yeah. So he might, if he goes six and six, I think he's, he's pretty safe. Anything less than that, it gets dicey. Kind of feels like a toss up. It's going to be hard to get to six and six. I'll just predict he hangs on, but barely. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with the same with you, Michael. I'm not confident that Florida State's going to get bowling this year, which if he gets bowling, he's, he, he'll be fine. But yeah, two years in a row, and then just like the way they're playing, it's just, ugh. I mean, almost losing to UL Monroe, and they just don't look good, and it's it's very concerning. So I would, I'm gonna say he he somehow manages to just because of a lot of because of the money. I, I do think that's worth something. Yeah, I mean, it's a yeah. lot. It's a lot to have to pay. So, uh, and there is truth to the matter that they're not exactly cash rich. So, yeah, I'll say he finds a way to hang on. Okay, moving on to uh, another team that. Probably not very happy with their coach right now. BYU won at Tennessee 29-26 in double overtime. And this was a real heartbreaker for Tennessee. So BYU was down 16-13, end of the game, and they've got the ball at their own 19-yard line, 17 seconds left, no timeouts. So 
I mean, they're pretty much dead in the water. They have to have a Hail Mary to get into field goal range on this play. And they get it. Zach Wilson finds a wide open receiver, 64 yards, make the field goal, go to overtime, and of course, end up winning a double OT on a Tyson Williams uh, touchdown run. But uh, rather than kind of rehash the game, my question for you guys, how bad is this for Jeremy Pruitt? And same question as Willie Taggart. Do you think he's going to be their head coach next year? I, I'm saying no. Uh, you know, they're 0-2 with their schedule. I hate to be kind of glass half empty on these coaches, but they're 0-2. And with this, when the, with their difficult schedule, they needed to win these two games. I mean, players are already transferring. There's rumors, albeit far-fetched, that Fulmer should coach the rest of the year. Like, that's not going to happen. But <laughs> I just don't see enough success the rest of the year for Pruitt to be there next year. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but it's not it's not looking promising. Yeah, I am in agreement with Trey here. I I mean, I was obviously low on Tennessee this year. Didn't see much coming from them, but I did not expect this. Uh I don't think really anybody did, of course. Uh and Trey, like you already mentioned it. I mean, how, how if you if he regresses and they have a worse winning total than last year, it's like how do you justify that keeping him? I mean, I know it's only been 2 years, but I mean, you're losing to Georgia State at home. There's just there's no excuse for that ever. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you guys here. I think he's maybe a little bit safer than than Willie Taggart because for Tennessee, they're they're of course more far removed from being a dominant program than than Florida, Florida State is. They've had you know Tennessee's had coach after coach be unsuccessful, and their last coaching hire just of course what less than two years ago was a disaster. I mean, there's I don't know if you want to go after this short a period of time and not giving this head coach really a full three or four years to to try and turn things around. I just don't know if you'd get a really good head coach out there. I, I don't know who would would take the job, but so I, I just think you're going to have to give him another year. Yeah, I mean, I guess you'll put feelers out early. <laughs> it's like, hey, yeah, you could. I mean, yeah, if you can get like a Matt Campbell or something like that, if he'd be willing to take it, then then sure, right. go for it. But Seth, I don't know. I just think you got to stay the course. I mean, what if they go one and eleven? Well, okay, then you fire him. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, it's in play. Well, we'll see. I mean, yeah, it's a three-win season is not off the table right now. So maybe I'd be not singing a different tune then. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the game of the night. LSU beat Texas forty-five thirty-eight behind the sudden Heisman Trophy contender Joe Burrow. Yeah. Ryan, what'd you see here? Yeah, awesome game. You know, every time you thought LSU was going to pull away, Sam Ellinger would you know, rally Texas and they'd answer, keep it interesting. But in the end, man, that LSU offense just, they couldn't be stopped by that Longhorn defense, young Longhorn defense. Um, I'm impressed with LSU's changes offensively. Joe Burrow, I mean, he's crazy. He has having an unbelievable start to this year. And those receivers, Justin Jefferson in particular, he is just awesome. Um, finally, they're kind of getting to this type of style here. It's like, what took so long, LSU? Yeah. Uh, a flip side, if I'm going to take a look at it from Texas, kind of like, I don't know, I'm not going to be too, feel too bad about this game. They hung in there. LSU is a very, very good team. Longhorns are young. They're going to get better. So, you know, they, they competed. I'm not, it's not too, too big of a worry. No. Yeah. And that, that young defense will get better as the, the season wears on. And really they, they could have been more in this game than they were. They missed two really big opportunities early. That Keontae Ingram dropped fourth and goal, what would have been a touchdown pass. That oh. was 
yeah, one of the worst drops you'll see. And then I think the very next possession after they got a, a Joe Burrow interception, they got stuffed on fourth and goal. So if they got those 14 points, it's obviously a whole different ball game. So yeah, I'm, right. I wouldn't be too worried if I was, uh, if I was Texas. I'm just amazed by LSU's offense. Burrow is just so much better than I thought. Uh, and, and I like how they were aggressive. I mean, that last touchdown that they had most, they had third and 17 with the six point lead. I mean, most teams would just kind of sit on it, maybe run a little quick draw, something, throw something short and safe, but they went for it and capitalized with a big touchdown that ended up sealing it. Yeah, that was an unbelievable play by by Burrow hanging in the pocket. Um, okay, let's get to the the final game of the night. Was Cal winning twenty to nineteen at UW at like four in the morning because uh, yeah. <laughs> lightning delays? So Trey, what would you see in this one? And uh, and my question about Cal is: Are you ready to start taking them seriously as a contender in the Pac twelve North? So I can honestly say I stayed up and, and watched this. It finished around a little after one thirty, I believe, Pacific time. Uh, but Cal's defense, man, they put on a show. Uh, Evan Weaver, 18 tackles, two for a loss, forced fumble. I he's mean, on his way to 200. He's going to do it. He's unreal. <laughs> he is. And then with two minutes left, though, Washington hit a 49-yard field goal that bounced off the upright to go in and they take a 19-17 lead and you know with Cal's offense Chase Garbers you're not expecting them to to march down the field but all of a sudden Garbers looks like Tom Brady and led them down the to the goal line and and set up the winning field goal so very impressive uh last drive for for Cal to pull the upset but I'm not ready to make Cal a, a true contender. So they won this game in a quirky, delayed game, the, the the poor weather, and they still have to go on the road at Oregon and Utah. So defense is great, but still not confident with the offense. I mean, yeah, I'm not confident with, with the offense, but they, they went up against a tough team there with a really, really good defense in UW. And UW was co-favorite to win the division, so already notching a, a win on the road at a co-favorite, I mean... I give them. I'm taking them seriously as a as a title contender. I don't expect them to win it, but I think I they have a better shot than UW at this point. So <laughs> that's actually a good question. I I don't know about that. Yeah, close. Yeah, I I'm, I still might favor UW, but it's I guess it's close. Um, but, I don't know. I just really like that defense. I they're that they're not going anywhere. So no, it's it's a great defense and. And the running game, at least this year, it seems like one part of the offense is working. That running game has has been good. Passing game, still major question mark. Until that last drive, Garbers had basically done nothing through the air. Yeah. So that's still a concern. I, and, you know, Cal has had wins like this the past two years. They beat Wazoo a couple years ago as a top 10 team. Yeah. They beat number 15, of course, Washington last year. So I'm going to need to see another win, another win like this before I can really start taking them seriously as a yeah conference contender fair enough um okay let's get to our rapid recaps go ahead ryan all right yep uh first game here is uh nebraska at colorado oh game no. i would like to forget <laughs> uh huskers were up 17 nothing at halftime looking good see you couldn't do anything on offense uh but then the f- they just flipped the script they made the half halftime adjustments and just for some reason that Nebraska could not stop them. And they obviously pulled out the 34-31 victory uh, in overtime. I don't really want to talk a whole lot more about it. So heartbreaking loss. Another heartbreaking loss for Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that flea flicker was the kind of the play that 
really changed the game, I feel like, from their own, what, four or five yard yeah, line. That was 96 yard play. Crazy play there. Didn't help in overtime that Nebraska was had their punter kicking field goals. That, that didn't work yeah, out there. Play calling was odd, to say the least. <laughs> All right. Texas A&M at Clemson. Uh, this was a kind of a boring game. Clemson just smothered Kellen Mond and that Aggie offense. They went 24 to 10. Lawrence looked uh, a little better in this game. Still not, you know, kind of elite, but I'm still not worried. He'll be fine. So Clemson rolls. Uh, next game, Miami at North Carolina. Awesome game here. Uh, North Carolina was down 25 to 20 with about four and a half minutes left. And true freshman Sam Howell led UNC in a 75-yard touchdown drive to go up uh, by three. Miami did have a, they did come back. They had a chance to tie with a 49-yard field goal. But it but it missed. So man, an impressive two and zero start for for Mac Brown beating South Carolina and Miami. So good wins. Yeah, amazing. Yep. Uh, my last game is uh, Tulane and Auburn. Uh, again, not a very impressive performance from the from the Auburn's offense. But they really didn't need it. That defense was awesome and led Auburn to the twenty four to six win. They do get one more kind of tune up game against Kent State next week before heading to College Station for for a big uh, SEC West showdown. So. We'll see if the offense can uh, turn it up a bit. All right. My first game, Maryland beat Syracuse 63 to 20. One of the most what surprising. What is going on in College Park? I have no idea, but uh, Mike Loxley seems to have that offense rolling. They ran for 354 yards. They're 21st in the AP poll, which is just insane. You After never two games. Nuts. Yeah. Never would have predicted that before the season. As far as Syracuse starting to look like that 10 win season last year maybe more of a flash in the pan but we'll see yep uh next game usc beat stanford 45 to 20 up and down game for for davis mills filling in for kj costello but the story of the game three-star true freshman recruit keaton slovis 28 for 33 377 yards three touchdowns no picks (laughs) i have to say that it's just one game but he could be the next great quarterback for usc I mean, he could. It's it's maybe like the the whole thing a couple years ago. Clay Helton just doesn't know how to pick him. Yeah, it's it's eerily similar to the Darnold emergence. So, yep, I'm I'm pretty excited about him. Uh, next game, West Virginia at Missouri. Missouri won 38 to seven. That Wyoming loss, I think, may have just been a one game fluke for Missouri. Another solid game for Kellen Bryant or for Kelly Bryant, excuse me. And then, as far as West Virginia. I think you got to just give Neil Brown a a year zero here. Totally. Totally. My final game, Vandy at Purdue. Purdue bounced back after a tough loss at Nevada, and they won this one 42 to 24. Elijah Sindelar, 509 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, Rondell Moore, not Kel. I keep wanting to say Kellen Moore. I don't know why. (laughs) Rondell Moore, 13 catches, 220 yards, and a touchdown. But unfortunately, in this game, um, Sindelar suffered a well, they're calling it, quote, a minor concussion, which is a weird adjective to use, but we'll have to wait and see if he's uh, ready for next week. And Vanderbilt is not good. Doesn't uh, Purdue play? Did they play TCU? Them? Yeah. They do. Yeah. Big game. Yeah, big game. All right. My first game is San Diego State at UCLA. The Aztecs were 0-21-1 all time against the Bruins, but they won this one 23-14 in the Rose Bowl. Not a good look for Chip Kelly as their their Bruins are now 0-2. Fairly tough first two opponents to have, but the offense has just been really poor for the Bruins. Only 261 yards in this game, two turnovers, 
Aztecs had the ball for 38 minutes. Not looking great in Westwood so far this year. All right, next game, Cincinnati at Ohio State. Dominant win by the Buckeyes, 42 to nothing. Justin Fields, 20 to 25, 224, two touchdowns. He had two more on the ground. Dobbins broke out. But more importantly for Ohio State, their defense seems to have improved a lot from last year as they held Cincy uh, in check. Minnesota at Fresno State. Wild game here. Nuts. Minnesota pulled a rabbit out of a hat. Gophers won 38-35 in overtime. They only got there because in their final drive of regulation, they were trailing by seven. They converted a third and 18 and then a fourth and 13 touchdown pass to the back corner of the end zone to tie it. Felt bad for Fresno as uh, Reyna threw an interception in the end zone to lose the game in the exact same way two weeks in a row. Both plays, the the safety made a great, great play to make to pick it. So, yeah, Antoine Winfield. Great, great play there. Um PJ Fleck looked ridiculous, by the way. Yeah, that, he got a lot of talk about <laughs> on Twitter about his look. It was not great. It's PJ Fleck, man. Not surprised. Yeah. Oregon State at Hawaii. The Beavers, they're improved over last year, but they couldn't pull this one out. Hawaii won 31-28. Cole McDonald threw another four touchdown passes. Uh, all four were to JoJo Ward in this game. Oregon State scored 28 in the first half, but they were shut out in the second, and Hawaii kicked a late field goal to to get the win. So they're now 2-0 and against Pac-12 teams this year. Well, they got a next, tough one next week. Yeah, UW. At UW. All right, let's get to our only segment for the week, which is revisiting our preseason predictions. It's only been two weeks, but first question for you guys, which predictions so far are you feeling the best about? All right, this one was pretty easy for me. Feel pretty good about the under on Tennessee. Oof. Yeah, what was that? What was that over under? Oh, I I forgot honestly. I just know <laughs> you it just, was good. Whatever it was, yeah. you're feeling good. No, it, it was six and a half. Yeah, I feel very good. <laughs> yeah, that's that seems like a lock at this point. Yeah, mine is uh, Ohio State winning the Big Ten East. I I know Michigan and Penn State are are good threats. Maybe even Michigan State, but Ohio State's just better than i thought they'd be at least to this point fields is living up to the hype defense is better yeah that's a good one all right mine is uh an unfortunate one for us trey you also were on this nebraska under eight and a half wins yeah that's looking pretty dang good right now but you both picked them to win the west we did uh, yeah that's true that's a bad one but i will we all picked them to win the west i will say yeah. any one of us would have picked the field easily though oh, over oh no yeah doubt. it was that was flipping a coin <laughs> yeah pretty much yep fair enough um also by the way in the predicting espn game day locations episode iowa iowa state was my prediction for game day so yeah and you guys laughed at me who's laughing now me <laughs> i'm laughing <laughs> moving on which preseason <laughs> prediction of yours is the most dead in the water all right, Ryan. Well, I got to go the inverse of what you had. And mine was the Vols going over six oh, and a no. half. Oh, oh, no. I, you know, I know I was higher on Tennessee I, I, than you guys were. I wasn't expecting them to to compete in the East, but I I thought they'd at least be 2-0 and at this point. But it's just not happening. Mine is equally as bad as yours, Trey. My lock in the Pac-12 was UCLA over five and a half wins. And they're about to be 0-3 because they're going to lose to Oklahoma this weekend. So that means they have to go six and three in the Pac-12 for me to win. Dicey. That's not happening. Dicey. No. That would be a miracle. Yeah. Uh, this one, uh, for me, I, I'm going to say, I said Wisconsin under eight. 
Mm, yeah. I did, I'd be very surprised if that happened at this point. They look very, very good. I had one other one I want to mention. I said under on Maryland, and it was like three and a half or four. I can't even Oof. remember, but I mean, <laughs> that looks really, really bad at this point. Okay, which preseason prediction of yours is still alive but scares you the most? I'll start out and say pretty much all of my Big Ten predictions. I had Michigan to win the conference. Of course, that could still happen, but that's dicey with Ohio State. Uh, Wisconsin under eight, Ryan, I also had that. I'm just hoping for a push at this point. Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, Nebraska to win the West. No bueno. Yeah, mine was, I guess I was one that you said. Uh, I have Michigan making the playoff and... Yeah, it's looking kind of dicey at this point. Yeah, I have Michigan in the playoff as well. Yeah, if I could have a do-over, I would definitely take the Buckeyes, but I don't get a do-over. So, go go Michigan. (laughs) Go Wolverines. Mine is uh, Washington to win the Pac-12 North. Uh, I know it's just one game, and and Cal has that good defense, but Eason didn't look that great. The the youth youth on defense kind of struggled on that final drive where it mattered most, and, and Oregon's actually looked a little bit better than I thought they would be in. Not to mention you got Wazoo and Cal and other schools competing. So, yeah. Okay. That, that leads me to our last question. Which prediction do you regret the most? And I'll piggyback off that tray. I also took Washington to win the, the North. I just regret not being down on Washington all offseason. I thought I was going to be because Jacob Eason, I must have said it like 20 times. I'm low on him. I don't think he's going to be that great, but I still took over nine and a half wins. And now, obviously, that could still happen. They could. They could still win the North. They could still win 10 games, yeah. but I don't know. It's it's obviously not looking good right now. Right. Uh, for me, I regret taking Nebraska to win the West. That's kind of obvious uh, there. I kind of allowed my heart maybe to override my brain. Um, but man, I just expected a little bit of a, a year two jump, uh, just not a year two slump. So, no. Yeah, that one. I'm actually looking at a couple of my group group of five picks. Uh, I regret not going over on Boise State. They look strong, and they're a potential New Year's Six team. And then I also, up to this point, regret picking Memphis over UCF in the American Athletic. I mean, it could still happen, but yeah. I would certainly change my pick to UCF right now. They're They're looking pretty solid. Yeah, they are. All right, let's move on to week three now. Let's make our picks for week three. First game we have is Washington State minus eight and a half at Houston on Friday night. What do you see here, Trey? So I'm taking Wazoo. Uh, we haven't really talked about Wazoo so far since they've had two cupcakes, but they've they've been dominant. And also the fact that Leach went with Anthony Gordon at quarterback over the the transfer that everyone kind of thought would be the quarterback, Gabe Gabrud. It kind of spoke volumes about his confidence in Gordon, and and he's put up video game numbers so far. So I think they're going to do it against Houston uh, as Derek King and and Houston. They just haven't quite been as electric as I anticipated with Holgerson up to this point. Yeah, I, I'm going to take Wazoo also. The, I mean, both teams have really good offenses. I would probably maybe give Wazoo a little bit of an edge even on offense. But I think if you look defensively, I think Leach's crew has the clear advantage on defense. So better, slightly better offense, definitely better defense. I think they're going to win by 10 or so. I'm going the other way. I'm taking Houston. I, I just think we saw in that Oklahoma game, even though seems things went horribly at the beginning, the offense couldn't do anything, and Oklahoma got out to that big lead. They got the backdoor cover. The backdoor is always open with Derek King, always open with that Houston offense. So, I, And I think they've got a legit chance to win this one. Um, I, I was impressed the way they competed with, with Oklahoma for 
of course, the, the second half of the game. So Derek King plus eight and a half. It is a lot of points. So it is. Uh, okay. Florida minus eight and a half at Kentucky. What do you think, Ryan? Well, you got to factor in the fact that Terry Wilson uh, is out for the year. So that's a, a blow for Kentucky. Is it, or Ryan? Is, is it? it? Or is it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, the, the Troy transfer, uh, grad transfer, Sawyer Smith gets the, uh, gets the nod now. So I don't think we'll really see a drop off uh, there, personally. Uh, in this game, though, I'm, I'm, I'm liking Tennessee to keep it close. Eight and a half seems like a lot of points to give Kentucky. up. Kentucky. What'd I say? What? You said Tennessee, but that's okay. Oh, wow. Oh. No. Whoops. Oh. Sorry about that. Don't insult Kentucky like that, I Ryan. didn't mean to. <laughs> I apologize. Yeah, that's, a, that's a rivalry, too. <laughs> Honest mistake. Uh, yeah, I like Kentucky to keep it close. Eight and a half is uh, it's a lot of points to give up on the road against a good defensive team that likes to run the ball. Um, I do think the Gators will win, but I, I don't think it'll be by more than uh, eight and a half completely agree i i didn't i didn't think i thought you were gonna go further on sawyer smith i thought you were gonna talk about what a tremendous upgrade he would be he's not gonna um, be a drop-off i'm that's what i'm just going with yeah yeah i don't think it'll be a drop-off either obviously he doesn't have the running ability terry wilson has but and we don't know that he's a better passer but there's that potential i think he could unlock the it downfield can't be a worse passer okay well you're very harsh ryan i think it's possible he could be but i'm bullish on him so i'll take kentucky with the points yeah yeah I, I agree on Kentucky with you guys. I'm taking Kentucky, but I think outside of the bros, maybe the national perception is that losing the starting quarterback, it, that, you know, no one's going to really give Kentucky a shot here. And, and, you know, we, we all have the same sentiments as that, uh, that Smith could potentially be an upgrade. So yeah, clean sweep for Kentucky. All right. Next up, Arizona State at Michigan State. Spartans are favored 13. And they made me look like a giant f***ing idiot last week. Whoa. <laughs> Before wow. the season, I was extremely bullish on them, of course. And after one week, I said the offense was dead. I think I said they suck multiple times on last week's podcast. And Antonio heard you. He must have heard me. They put up 51 on Western Michigan. Elijah Collins had a breakout game on the ground, nearly 200 yards rushing. Daryl Stewart had almost 200 yards receiving. I'm back on board. I the one week hiatus. I'm sorry, Michigan State, but we're back. And also in this game, you got an amazing defense going up against a true freshman, Jaden Daniels, who has had a good start to the season, but hasn't played anyone like Michigan State. So uh, I'm going to take Sparty minus 12 or minus 13. Sorry, you you dogging on Sacramento State, the Hornets. Yeah, putting up 19 on Sacramento State doesn't impress me that much. But they that scored more points them. every what? quarter. They went from like zero to three to six to 10, I think. That is amazing analysis, Ryan. They keep that streak up, they're going to be in business. That's the analysis we bring to the table. I, Although, Michael, I'm not really stoked. I, I agree with you on Sparty in this game, but you've kind of had a roller coaster back and forth, and this would be the one, the zigzag that, that they would lose. But no, I'm, I'm going with Sparty. Jaden Daniels, It's it, he's great. But yeah, this is too big of a test for him, especially going on the road. So I'm, uh, I'm rolling with D'Antonio Spartans. Yeah, uh, 13 seems like a lot of points, but man, Arizona State is, I mean, well, I don't know if they're going to get to 10 points in this one. It is just going to be a tall order for them. Uh, and Michael, you already said it, man. Sparty's offense finally woke up. So yeah, I like Sparty. Okay, next game, Stanford at UCF. UCF's favored by seven. Trey, what, who, which quarterbacks are going to play in this game? Yeah, I know. Uh, well, for sure. It's it's looking like Dylan Gabriel for for UCF. Not, Ooh, for sure, huh? I mean, I, for sure. Wow, 
Daryl Mack Jr.'s back. He's been cleared to return. I just think Heupel, Heupel wants to go with him, and especially after the the big plays that he put up last week, he's gonna he's gonna ride with him. I don't know, could be wrong, but uh, no, I, I agree. I think I think he will probably start. I don't. I think Wimbush. They said he was out with an injury last week, but they also said he could have played if need be. So yeah, I think Gabriel's the guy they want, and then Mack maybe needs to get worked back into the. Right. You know, after now fully healthy, needs to get worked back into the rotation. And then Stanford, it's looking like KJ Costello uh, will be back after sitting out with the concussion. But but Stanford doesn't have the offensive talent, in my opinion, to keep up with the Knights. Uh, they also just got torched by a freshman quarterback at SC, giving up almost 500 yards. That's not a good combination of going up against this UCF offense. So I'm I'm taking USF. I agree. UCF. Yeah. Oh, yeah. UCF. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, We're no. just what messing up done? big time here. <laughs> uh, okay. I am going to go with UCF as well. Is this, I just, you, oh, are you just flipping a coin over there? What are you doing? Yeah. No, no. I'm just, I'm thinking. I was trying to think what could I call UCF that would be yeah. equally <laughs> as offensive as, as USF and oh. nothing came to mind. I was like, okay. In my head, I was like, okay, who's UCF's rival? And I'm like, the playoff committee. Okay, oh. I think the playoff committee is going to win this one, uh, and that's why I didn't say it. Really went over like a lead balloon. <laughs> yeah, no, Ryan, was, can you uh, save me here? I'm taking UCF. Just go ahead, Ryan. Okay, yeah, no, I'm also going to take UCF. I think they just have too much offensively, and even if Costello comes back, is he really going to be? I don't know. He might not be a hundred percent. Even with him, he, how good are they? Really, not not that great. Yeah, I just don't trust Stanford's defense. You know, they just. I just don't think they're that good. Not after what I saw last week. No, especially, yeah. Uh, speaking of of which, UCF minus four and a half at BYU. Ryan, tell me why future Heisman <laughs> Trophy winner Keaton Slovis. You said U- UCF. You said UCF. Oh my gosh, what is going on? We are just, <laughs> oh no. We're doing this a bit later than we usually do. I guess we're just, so I called USC UCF. You did, your own yeah. school. Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> there's too many. Oh, yeah. You got USC, BYU, UCF. There's so many right here. Wow. I hope we go undefeated like UCF. Anyway, Ryan, what do you think? Is Keaton Slovis going to win the Heisman? Yeah, I mean, he certainly had a, a very good start to his to his career, no doubt. At BYU, I think is going to be a little stiffer challenge uh, defensively. They're they're pretty stout. Um I, I will say that I don't think JT Daniels ever really looked as good as Keaton Slovis ever did in this this first game. No, I don't think he Never. had one so, game where he looked that good. Exactly. Never happened. So I'm, I'm going to go with the hot hand here. I'm going to, I think the skill talent for USC is uh, going to make quite a few plays. That receiving core, I'm always so impressed with them. You got so many playmakers. But I was also impressed with USC's defense in that second half. I know Stanford's offense was without Costello, but. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't even run the ball. So that was that was a big concern I had for USC. And I don't see, you know, BYU's offense is pretty rough too. So I think USC will be able to hold them in check. And USC will come up with enough um, plays offensively to cover this one. Yeah, I like the Trojans too. I like what I saw from Slovis. But BYU could easily be 0-2 after maybe just losing to Tennessee. But they ob- And the narrative would be totally different. But they obviously pulled that out. So, But I just think SC is going to outmatch the the Cougars in this one. Yeah, I think I think BYU is maybe not as as bad as especially as bad as that Utah game looked. I think that game the score was not indicative of of kind of how close that game was for a lot of it. Uh, but I'm just I'm on the Keaton Slovis bandwagon. I'm on this Graham Harrell offense bandwagon. So 
I love USC in this game, and I'm going to make them my lock. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Homer. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I am allowed this when I'm usually low on USC. I'm yeah, allowed. I mean, you're 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 kind of falling into the one week traps. I feel like with Michigan State, one week. Oh, I'm over. I'm done with it. I'm fall, you know. I'm I'm very fickle. Yes, you're just flipping and flopping left and right here. I wish Cincinnati was next. That would have been a great transition. Uh, we've got Clemson. <laughs> Clemson minus twenty seven and a half at Syracuse. Did I say those names right, guys? You did. did I get that right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, all off season, it felt like. People were talking about, hey, look out for this at Syracuse games. Clemson has struggled with them the last couple of years. This game was the big favorite to get game day. But here we are three weeks into the season, and this looks like a total blowout on paper. I mean, it's possible Syracuse up- upsets them, but I don't see it happening. Their offensive line just is not looking good right now. Not super impressed and, and really not at all impressed with Tommy DeVito. And then on the other side of the ball, their front seven was awful last week. Maryland ran all over them. So I think ETN's going to have a huge game. I'm laying the points with Clemson. Yeah, I got to agree with you here. Cuse has just looked pathetic. I know they've played um, Clemson tough the last two years, but that was with Dungy. Mm-hmm. The, that's pretty much all I got. I guess that was yeah. with Dungy. Dungy's a huge upgrade, I think. That makes a huge difference. And if Maryland can put up 63... And that running game was just running all over them. I mean, ET, what's ETN going to do? He's going to destroy him. Yeah, I like that argument better when I said it, but I, I agree. Uh, <laughs> shut up, Mike. <laughs> I, I'm going to go a little contrarian. I mean, it just looks like there's no way Syracuse can cover this one or, or be competitive. I mean, after looking so pathetic the last last week. So I, I'm taking Syracuse. Um you know, the fact that they have some confidence no, against Clemson the last couple of years, it'll be in the Carrier Dome, their own friendly can- confines. Fans will be at least rocking, at least for the first half, and I, I think they'll at least cover. All right, final big game we have here, Iowa at Iowa State. Hawkeyes are favored one and a half on the road. It's the battle for the Cyhawk Trophy, El Asico. Game day's there. Trey, what do you think? That's right. I mean, so Iowa State had a week off last week after their overtime win against Northern Iowa, and Iowa's coming in after shutting shutting out Rutgers thirty to nothing. So through art, two games, art played they, by the way, they freed Art. It didn't go well, but it was good to see him back out there. He did. He snuck in there. <laughs> yeah, uh, but Nate Stanley, he's been efficient. The defense is as good as we thought it it would be. But I think Matt Campbell used the off week to add some wrinkles that he probably didn't show in the the first week. And and Brock Purdy's going to have a big enough game to to let the Cyclones pull this one out. I'm going the other way. Uh, I'm taking the Hawkeyes. I have. I mean, I think what we saw against Northern Iowa is indicative of what. We'll, we'll kind of see for the for the rest of the year for Iowa State. I'm not impressed with their offense. I know Purdy had a pretty good year last. Wow, I didn't mean to do that. The Purdy, pretty good. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't even notice it. Go on. Yeah, I'll keep going. <laughs> not super high on the Cyclone offense. I, you guys know why. Why is it? They don't have Hakeem Butler. Yeah. They don't have that big play ability. They don't have John Ross either. I know, exactly. <laughs> they don't have John Ross. No. So I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, both defenses are obviously very, very good, but I trust Iowa to be able to move the ball better. Yeah, I, these teams are pretty similar. Really good defenses. And that, you know, of course, Jaquan Bailey, Ray Lima on Iowa State's defensive line, and then 
AJ Epinesa, maybe the best defensive lineman in the country for Iowa. So yeah, I think it, it will be an ugly game, especially because, you know, offensively, both solid quarterbacks, but I think the the skill talent is still largely unproven. The offensive lines, I I certainly don't trust, especially with Iowa missing Alaric Jackson out with a knee injury. So yeah, it's a big loss. The difference for me is I like Purdy better than Stanley. I just think he's a better quarterback, and I think the atmosphere is going to be insane. It's going to be like Wazoo was last year for that Oregon game. So I will take Iowa State in an ugly, low-scoring game. All righty. All right, let's get to our honorable mentions. And you guys still have to, to give your locks. So, Trey, go ahead. Okay, my first game is North Carolina at Wake Forest. The Demon Deacons are currently a three-point favorite, and this is on Friday night. This work wakes three third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Wake's third straight Friday game. Oh, weird. Uh, I like our brother Jamie Newman and Dave Clawson to outwit Sam Howell and Mac Brown. North Carolina, they have two great wins, but they could easily have gone the other way. This is going to be Hal's first true road game. I think that's going to be too much uh, for him against Scotty Washington, Sage Surratt, and the rest of the talent, talented Deacon offense. I'm actually going to make Wake my lock of the week. All right, and remember, of course, that's a, a non-conference game, weirdly. All right, next one. Kansas State at Mississippi State. Little injury update. Tommy Stevens had an upper body injury, and he's listed as day-to-day. Moorhead even went as far as saying he's not ruling him out this week. Upper body? What, what is this, hockey? Yeah, wasn't <laughs> it a shoulder? I don't know. Upper body. All right, fine. Uh, so who's going to start a quarterback, Trey? If, I if personally it's think it's going to be the freshman Garrett Schrader. Uh, he came in against Southern Miss last week and played pretty well. I just I think they're just playing it close to the vest to to make it look like Stevens will play, but I, I doubt it. Well, um, the other option is Keaton Thompson. He came back to the team I think last week, and he's listed as the backup, but he also similarly has an upper body injury, so we'll see yeah yeah i but i think either way they're going to rely on kylan hill on the ground he's been a monster through the first two games is he healthy is he he is no he came back in the last game oh did he He did get he got dinged up during the game but he actually came back and and played so uh hill has been a monster though the first two games averaging 160 yards on the ground but for kansas state i know it's been two easy games but skylar thompson and the wildcats they've been far better than i anticipated so i'm going to take kansas state because i think they're going to go up against that freshman schrader so give me the wildcats and then i've got nc state minus seven at west virginia i'd normally take the home dog here but nc state has been playing great defense in the first two weeks albeit you know against inferior opponents but west virginia they've struggled to so score so far this year under neil brown I, I think NC State has the quarterback advantage with Matt McKay as well. Finally, Alabama minus 25 and a half at South Carolina. The big news in, in this one is Jake Bentley's out for the season with a broken foot. So it's been a brutal start for Muschamp's big big season this year. So the Reigns are handed over to Ryan Helinski. Two in the tide. They're juggernauts on offense this season. But I think the Gamecock offense is good enough with Rico Dowdle at running back. And no one's really expecting much from them now that Bentley is out. So I'm actually going to take Kakalaki to cover. All right. Yeah. I mean, Holinsky looked really good game one. Yeah. Against Char- Charleston Southern, right? But big game. We'll, we'll see how he does against Alabama. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some fans are saying it's a blessing in disguise. I mean, nothing against Jake Bentley. You don't want anybody to get hurt, but kind of move on to the Holinsky era. Um, okay. My first game, Pitt at Penn State. Penn State's favorite 17. Took a while to get going last week against Buffalo, but they ended up dominating. 
I was also impressed with Pitt last week. Solid win over Ohio. Kenny Pickett actually played well, which was surprising, but against a really good defense here, I think he's got the potential for a terrible game. We saw it week one from him against Virginia, so I'm taking Penn State. Next one, TCU at Purdue. TCU's favored by two. I think week one was a fluke for Purdue. They were muffing punts, turning it over constantly. Now, it does hurt, of course, that Sindelar might be out for this one, which would mean redshirt freshman Jake Plummer, or Jack Plummer, not Jake Plummer. Ooh, <laughs> the snake is back. <laughs> Jack Plummer would start, but Brom seems to always get good quarterback play, so I'm not too worried. And I don't have much faith in TCU's quarterback play, whether it's Alex Delton getting the start or the true freshman Max Duggan. So I'm going to take Purdue and Rondell Moore over TCU and Jalen Rager. Ohio State, minus 15 at Indiana. I know Indiana has seemed to play Ohio State close, at least in the first halves of games, but they would not have covered a 15-point spread, or actually only one time they would have covered a 15-point spread in the last six seasons. So yikes! I just think that spread is a little too tight. Indiana struggled with Ball State week one a little bit, so I got to go with Justin Fields over Trey. Over who? <laughs> Michael Penix. Thank you very much. <laughs> Good work. Last game, Maryland minus eight at Temple. Temple's got a a solid front seven, but we thought Syracuse had a pretty solid defense and that didn't turn out well. So I think Maryland's going to have a ton of success on the ground. And I just don't see Temple's quarterback, Anthony Russo, keeping up, especially against uh, what I think is an improved Maryland defense. They've got the Ohio State transfer, Keandre Jones at linebacker playing really well, three and a half sacks already on the year. And then hopefully the Clemson transfer, Shaq Smith, at linebacker is back healthy for this one too so i'll take maryland all righty i like those picks mike all right my first game i got hawaii at uw the spread here is at 21 and a half um we'll see if uh, hawaii can make it three and zero versus the pac-12 as they've you know beaten arizona and oregon state already uh i think they're gonna make it interesting i do i, I think cole mcdonald and that offense will be able to keep hawaii in it and uw i don't foresee them being explosive enough to to really blow the open the doors here so uh, i see uw winning uh but i like hawaii to cover uh fsu at virginia who is a seven and a half point favorite after last week i am not super confident that the, the, the seminoles can truly compete in this one virginia and bryce perkins have looked solid so far this year they haven't really, really needed to do a whole lot but they've been they've been good um so i think the cavaliers will control this one from start to finish and I like I like them minus the points here. Uh, moving on to OU, they're a 23 point favorite at UCLA. Chip Kelly says he isn't panicking yet, uh, but he should be. He should be. <laughs> he should. 23. Be. That spread sounds too low to me. Immediately. Yeah, I know. They're they're about to be on three. I think I just said three and L, but uh, oh. yeah, they're about to be on three, and then they go to Pullman actually the week after. So that's going to be another tough game. Yeah, so they might have a worse year than they did last year. I I have zero confidence in them, so I'm taking OU big in this one. And finally, I got Texas Tech minus uh, two and a half at Arizona. I'm looking um, like forward it. to this one. Yeah, this is a good a matchup. Late, late game Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, I like the Red Raiders here. Arizona's given up 86 points uh, in their first two games, including 41 last week to the Lumberjacks of Northern Arizona. Uh, meanwhile, Texas Tech, their defense has looked good. I know it's it's against someone of your um, competition, but they've given up just 13 points. That's very good. No matter really, no matter who you're playing, Alan Bowman, I think is going to have a huge game. 
And uh, I like Texas Tech so much that I'm going to make them my lock. You left the the listeners hanging until your very last pick, huh, Ryan? Yeah, the very last game that we previewed. That's wow. true. Yeah. Okay. Well, that does it for our week three picks. Let's close out the show, as always, with a questionable finish. Mark Richt tweeted a picture of himself on the beach holding a tub of cheese balls with the caption, life doesn't get much better than this. If you tweeted this picture, what would you be holding? Um, it would have to be a, a, an alcoholic beverage for sure. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna, But on the beach, I'm picturing Hawaii for whatever reason. I'm going to say a nice cold peach bellini. Whoa. Mm. I like that. That's a good Those one. Those are good, man. They're great. I'm going... Similar, frozen strawberry margarita. Oh, yeah. Also very nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to go with the, the non-alcoholic version here. I'm going to go with an ice cold Dr. Pepper. <laughs> me, and, me and Larry Culpepper. Yep. Oh, you and Larry. <laughs> Next question. Lynn Swan has resigned as USC's athletic director. Name a time when something bad happened for someone, but you felt kind of happy. So this was... I, I can't remember if it was, was it the last Final Four or the Final Four before, but you know I love college basketball, love to watch the Final Four, and we were scheduled to go to a like a birthday party, and and we were going to have to miss both the both the games. But that morning we got a message that they died. No, no, oh. there was no death involved. But okay, but of the one of the couples, the the girl got terribly sick, just like not like deathly sick but just really sick and had to cancel so we unfortunately <laughs> wink wink had to cancel yeah, yeah it was real Too real rough, so I, oh. I got to watch the the final four it's a real shame uh i felt happy or i feel happy that a large portion of of bill simmons fan base has turned against him because i found i told you this trey but i found the bill simmons subreddit a couple months ago it's my favorite place to go to now it's just people Everyone's just making fun of him, exactly as I make fun of him in my head. I didn't know there was a community of us out there, but I found it. I have yet to take a look at that. Maybe maybe I will. You should. I should. Okay. Uh, for me, it's I am glad that Antonio Brown's kind of getting exposed right now for being a lunatic. Oof. I mean, it's insane. The guy is... He's gone. He's lost it, man. It's a crazy story. Yeah. Uh, last question... I want your upset special, a seven-plus point underdog to win outright. Last week, I took Western Michigan, and of course, they got murdered at Michigan State. This week, I'm going with Houston. We already talked about it, but I think they got a legit chance to win against Wazoo, of course. I love cheering for Derek King, so why not? Yeah, why not? Derek King's dangerous. Um, okay, for me here, ah, man, I'm you know you guys are going to be surprised I'm doing this, but uh, I'm taking Northern Illinois. About oh, a 14-point no. dog at Nebraska. Wow. I'm just not confident. They hung in there pretty well with Utah last week, and Nebraska just does not have it, it seems like. So I could see the Huskies going in there winning. They did it a couple years ago. Ryan, Ryan, you've you've abandoned ship. I'm not I'm not going that far yet. I'm not going that far yet. It's only two touchdowns. It's not like it's a huge spread. Yeah, no, there you go. All right. Mr. Homer Nebraska himself is now anti- Anti the Huskers on the spread here. No, I I feel your pain. I feel your pain. Yep. I'm going with Kentucky getting eight and a half against Florida. Like like we said earlier, Sawyer, Sawyer Smith might be uh, an upgrade, or at least he has a, the potential to be. So I think they're going to be fired up at home, and the Wildcats could pull this one off. 
All right, that'll do it for the question. We'll finish, but as promised, we have eight five-star reviews to get to. So, Ryan, why don't you get us started? By the way, we really appreciate all these reviews. Just this week, there were there were too many. Yeah, there were definitely a lot of them. So, thank you very much. All right. Yeah. Uh, we got, yeah, exclamation point, P-D-H-A-A. All right. Love the podcast. Uh, a lot of information along with being very entertaining. Keep up the good work, guys. P.S. Don't suggest anyone root for South Carolina. I can't imagine that's fun for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Stop doing that, Mike. <laughs> that's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah. All right. The next one's from Buggeroo. Recently found this podcast via Spotify. Listen to all the previews and appreciate the knowledge the bros bring to all of the conferences and teams. Any college football fan looking for an entertaining and knowledgeable college football podcast, this is the one for you. Reckham Tech. Okay. Next one's from GPJ06. He says, I wanted to give, or I waited to give my review until I heard if you'd proclaim my Auburn Tigers as CFP favorites after our week one win over Oregon. Even though you didn't go that far, still worthy of five stars. The bros are well-informed and entertaining. War Eagle. All righty. Thank you. Uh, okay, next one's from Balefry16. Great podcast. I really lucked out on finding it a couple weeks ago. Super laid back, and all the bros are extremely knowledgeable. Love how non-biased it is. The only exception is Nebraska, although I just picked them to lose by to a two-touchdown favorite, but it's okay. <laughs> uh, no way they upset OSU in the Big Ten Championship. I agree with you there. Uh, sorry, Ryan. Hey, uh, did I pick them to win? I didn't pick them to win beat Ohio State. and I didn't even have them play in Ohio State. No, you didn't. <laughs> I'm playing Michigan and losing to Michigan. But anyways, P.S. Quick question. Highly unlikely, but if Georgia and Alabama, both with one loss, are kept out of the conference championship by LSU and Florida, what does the college football playoff look like if the Big Ten and Big 12 champ have one loss and Clemson is undefeated? Thanks. Go Bucks. Okay, I'll take this one. I love a good CFP hypo. Yeah, you love the scenarios. I do, but this one, it's kind of like it would take too long to really go through it because I kind of need more information, which team lost to who, all that, but I'll try to make my own assumptions here. So I'm going to assume LSU and Florida both have one loss, and I'll say the winner of that game, that SEC championship is in, the loser is then out, so there's one team in, and then, of course, Clemson's obviously in undefeated, so there's two. Beyond that, it depends. That's always the answer. But in a vacuum, I'll say Alabama is in with one loss because just the eye test, we all probably still think they're the best team in the country with only one loss to LSU. And then fourth team, I'm not going, I probably would personally argue Georgia should be in, but I don't think the committee is going to put in a, a third SEC team in this scenario. They're going to want to reward a, another Power 5 champ. So Fourth spot, I will give to the one-loss Big Ten champ because that's probably the second-best conference. Yeah, I agree with that. Nailed it. All right, our our next review is from Robbie. Made the journey from Spotify. Love the bros. I listen every day on my way from work. Very unbiased opinions, unless Nebraska is mentioned, but it's understandable. So does Oregon even have a shot at the CFP after that week one loss? Sco Ducks. Uh, I'll I'll take this and yeah. and just say no. Oh, I just oh, I, they've no, got. A sh- I mean, no, Auburn they, needs to continue to win. They have a chance, but I mean that was that was their their chance. I feel like <laughs> I just yeah. 
I mean, they need help. They need help. But if they go yeah. 12 and 1, there's a chance. They just need, they're probably going to be last in line. But if they, if they look impressive doing it, that's their best case, obviously, as well. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. Ryan, were you swatting a fly there? We all good? I was. Yeah, I was a fly right by my mic. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, no. I, was, I thought you were just. I wasn't saying like, shut up, Mike, or like, you know, <laughs> all right. blowing you off. All right. Uh, next one. I wanted to, but I didn't. <laughs> okay. Uh, MSU Bully 06 says, the college football bros are in my Fab Five podcasts. Every podcast they put out is enjoyable. He says, my picks for week two, Missouri minus 13 and a half which we now know was an easy cover. So well done. That was my pick before the year. Remember we picked props before the year? All right. Well, we're giving MSU bully credit right now, Ryan, not you. Well, I'm going to bully him and take credit for it. Nice. Okay. His next pick was Tulane plus 18. That was a push. And then Mississippi State minus 17. That was a cover. So 2-0-1. Very good. Because that's going to live on forever in our reviews. So uh, he says, hope you all have a great weekend. Hail State from Mississippi. Ah, Mississippi. <laughs> I was thinking Sparty. <laughs> Whoa, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> okay, yeah, me next. Uh, we got Dr. Steve DMD. Uh, this is my favorite my favorite college football podcast. Uh, it's always entertaining. It helps make my commute more fun. I always look forward to the next episode. Boomer. All right, and then finally, from Clean the Barrel... The brothers sure know how to put out an entertaining podcast with facts, data, and relevant information week in and week out. My love for college football is being res- resurrected, and the brothers are a huge part of that. Crisp, clean audio. Thanks, Michael. Oh, yeah. And an easy-to-listen flow makes this the best college football podcast out there. Thanks, guys. Go are you another Rutgers fan that listens to the show. That's an impressive amount of Rutgers fans. It is. Like, it I didn't is. even know there were that many. That like I'm I bow down to these guys. Right. Yeah. If you were feeling bad about being a Nebraska fan, come on. Maybe they're just more vocal than, you know, the average fan just I don't know. They want to communicate. They're reaching out, you know? Yeah. Love it. Help uh, us. by the way, appreciate the uh compliment about the audio, but if anyone wants to leave another five star review and it make it five stars, but say, you know, the audio's great, but it could be better room for improvement no i would appreciate no, that that's perfect <laughs> no there's room for improvement yeah. uh all right thanks for those reviews if you haven't already be sure to follow us on twitter at cfb bros and on instagram at college football bros thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week you've been listening to the college football bros if you have any questions for the next podcast email them to college football bros at gmail.com to keep up with the brothers on social media Like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.